Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed. In today's top stories, officers find another young man gunned down in the territory. VIGL makes their case to the Virgin Islands Casino Control Commission to be granted a Racino license. GERS Administrator Angel Dawson says despite the special purpose vehicle created to fund GERS, the system could become insolvent in the next 13 years. These stories and more on today's WTJX Newsfeed. From the Virgin Islands Public Broadcasting System Studios on St. Thomas, this is the WTJX Newsfeed with Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed, bringing you the latest news and updates throughout our community. The man wanted in connection to a stabbing incident caught on security camera that occurred in Cane Bay on St. Croix has turned himself in. Calvin Bell Jr. turned himself in at the Wilbur H. Francis Command Police Station yesterday, accompanied by his defense attorney. He has been officially arrested and faces charges of first-degree attempted murder, first-degree assault, and possession of a dangerous weapon during the commission of a crime of violence. Following his arrest, bail was set at $100,000, and his attorney, Eswart Winter, made a successful appeal to Judge Jolyn Brown-Ross at the Superior Court, securing a bail arrangement for which he was able to post $5,000 to be released to a third-party custodian. He appeared for his advice of rights hearing earlier today at the VI Superior Court. After having surgery at the Wong Louis Hospital, the victim in the matter has since been airlifted out of the territory where he remains in serious but stable condition. And last evening, just after 11 p.m., the shot spotter detection system detected multiple gunshots fired in the Bovoni housing community on St. Thomas. Units from the Muriel C. Newton were dispatched, and upon their arrival, they discovered the body of an unresponsive black male on the ground. He appeared to have sustained multiple gunshot wounds about his body. Emergency medical technicians who were on the scene did not find any signs of life. The man was identified by next of kin as 20-year-old Omar Fontaine. His death marks the fourth homicide in the territory for the year. Police are asking anyone with information to contact 911, the Major Crimes Unit at 340-642-8449, or Crime Stoppers VI at 1-800-222-8477. The three commissioners of the Casino Control Commission heard testimony in support of granting an initial license to VIGL operations to operate a casino at the Randall Dock James Racetrack. Testifiers included retiree and former vice chair of the Horse Racing Commission, Betty Wilson, the director of the Division of Gaming Enforcement, Assistant Attorney General, Oliver David, and Elroy Bates Jr., Flamboyant Park Horsemen's Association president. If this Racino license is not granted, no horse racing will occur in St. Croix. Without a Racino, horse racing is not self-sustainable. Mr. Bates stated that the operation of a Racino at the racetrack is necessary to bring in revenues to fund the maintenance of the track, as well as the $100,000 purses for the 13 race days each year. It has been eight years since the Randall Dark James racetrack was closed and with the issuance of this license we are very much closer to opening 
Andrew Dubuque, VIGL's chief financial officer and principal, discussed plans to construct a 15,000-square-foot racino. The casino plan surpasses the requirements as set forth in the Casino Act for space and comfort. It will have a state-of-the-art entertainment facility with 200 slot machines, a full-service restaurant, sports bar, and a previously mentioned OTB. Assistant Attorney General Oliver David told commissioners on an investigation his office conducted when considering VIGL's application for both a casino license renewal for its slot machines located at Caravel Hotel and Casino in downtown Christiansted, as well as the initial Racino license. It is left up to the discretion of the commission to either accept or reject the recommendations that DGE made. But all in all, the DG recommended that VIGL Operations LLC be granted a license renewal with the stipulation or with the recommendation or the certain conditions attached to that license. Attorney David did not go into specifics on what the recommendations were. There was not absolute favor, however, to VIGL's application, as Susan Barnes submitted testimony to be read into the record for her role as president of Treasure Bay VI, owners of the DV Carino Bay Casino, urging the commission to not consider VIGL's Racino license application until the company is fully compliant with all binding agreements with the Virgin Islands government and Traxco, a Treasure Bay subsidiary and former manager of the St. Croix Racetrack. Her testimony noted what she alleges was the unlawful removal of TBVI and Traxco from their operations at the racetrack, citing negotiations between the government and VIGL that led to an agreement that Traxco and TBVI would return to the racetrack to operate a racino for up to two years. While we are not commenting about VIGL's suitability, to operate a racino, it is unclear why VIGL would come before you at this stage as there are many requirements that VIGL must complete prior to operating a racino. Most notable is construction and operation of a live racing facility and the fact that Trasco and TBVI have the opportunity to operate a racino for up to two years prior to VIGL operating a racino. Additionally, it is unclear how a racino could be in operation in the absence of live racing. CCC Commissioner Luther Rene asked if VIGL's understanding is that whatever agreement that has been signed is contingent upon the company receiving a racino license, to which VIGL legal counsel, attorney Miles Plaskett, said one of the conditions for the franchise agreement to become effective is that VIGL obtain a racetrack casino license. Caroline Herman Purcell, CCC Commissioner, told Attorney Plaskett her challenge in considering the license application concerns the settlement agreement. Is VIGL properly before the Commission at this point? Who would be operating the Racino at the Randall Duff James racetrack? Will it be TBVI or VIGL? You're saying you're going to honor all your agreements. Correct. And we will, and we, we will, if as required, our understanding, what we, how we read the, the franchise agreement is that we have to have approval of a racetrack casino li uh, license in order to, to, to even have a franchise agreement. With all the facts presented at the meeting, commission members said they would begin in earnest its deliberation to consider the Racino application. 
while discussing a host of topics related to the government employee's retirement system. Angel Dawson, administrator for the system, spoke with Leslie Comision, host of Comes with the Territory, about new projects as well as challenges the system currently faces. One specifically in regards to the rum cover over rate change that has yet to be approved by Congress. The governor uh, referred to uh, presently because of the issues surrounding the uh, cover over, uh, we received 124 million versus 158 million that we were slated to receive in fiscal year 2024, which is the current fiscal year. So we're about $34 million short. I'm assured, based on discussions with the executive as well as with the delegate to Congress, that there's some optimism, there's still hope that the extender. Uh, will be passed by the Congress, but we all realize the serious dysfunction that is happening in Washington Absolutely. at this time. Uh, so we don't know when, but we remain hopeful that we'll receive those monies retroactively. We did receive the first full payment of $158 million in 2023, uh, in 2022 rather. Uh, so we, we remain hopeful. Um, but even if we were to receive all of the monies on the schedule that uh, has been indicated in the special purpose vehicle. Uh, because of how the payments are structured, uh, they're backloaded. That is more than half of the $3.8 billion that is pledged by the uh, funding note comes in the back half of the transaction. Therefore, uh, it's projected that it is possible that between 2037 and 2038, the GERS will become insolvent uh, on a temporary basis. Mr. Dawson went further to share that the current ratio of retirees to current employees is also a challenge for the system. The fact that we've had an increasing number of retirees in comparison to the number of active employees. Uh, presently, we have about 9,000 active employees, and that's not just the central government. That includes semi-autonomous agencies and 8,700 retirees. So it's essentially one-to-one, -one, uh, one, one active employee per retiree, uh, which is not sustainable. Uh, there's a time that there was probably five employees to every retiree. So as you can see, the math has worked against us over time. You can watch the full conversation at 1 p.m. on Sunday on WTJX-TV Channel 12. The news feed was on scene of a structural fire on St. Thomas that occurred in the upper Altona towards Solberg area. District Deputy Fire Chief Eustace Grant says crew members were able to contain the blaze from spreading to other structures that were close by. What we have here is uh, we had a fully engulfed structure and uh, we just wanted to contain, we lost the structure already when we became a common scene. We just wanted to protect all the exposures. What we had was a farm uh, with uh, you know, some chickens and other stuff like that. We was able to protect that state, that area. And then the bottom area where we was, we, we also was able to save the, the dwelling that's down there. So right now what we're doing is just going through the, the, the burnt areas and looking for hot spots and getting them extinguished. And uh, right now, of course, you know, up on the hillside, water was an issue. So we have some tankers rolling. So that should maintain us. But we did a, a, a good job in the first 50 to 20 minutes with the guys knocking down the structure. So like I said, we just now go and knock on some hot spots and then we'll be able to, you know, just wrap it up. Thankfully, he says no one was injured in the incident. What we had was neighboring people uh, took in some smoke. So we had our EMT personnel take some rounds around to the different houses. Uh, we had an elder in there about 99 years. He's very good, very uh, alert. 
Uh, we, we, we're giving her oxygen just to make sure that everything is safe. And um, that's the only person that we had to really attend to. All the firefighters were safe on the grounds and uh, we good. Chief Grant said at present, it was not clear what caused the fire. We're leaving up to our investigation team, which will be unseen very shortly. They are already been uh, notified and they'll be unseen shortly. The Bureau of Internal Revenue has reinstated the Taxpayer Assistance Program. The Bureau's audit staff will help taxpayers with filing of their 2023 income tax returns free of charge to taxpayers who are filing simple tax returns with the Bureau. The assistance begins on Saturday, February 24th and will run until April 13th. The assistance will be provided on a first-come, first-served basis and the due date to file tax returns is April 15th. The program will be at the Bureau's offices on each respective island. Services are available from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. on St. Thomas and St. Croix. And on St. John, the program will only be held on Wednesdays from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Taxpayers should have available a valid ID, as well as all relevant documentation readily available when they arrive at the office. They are also asked to walk with birth certificates and social security cards for dependents being claimed on their tax returns. There will be no preparation for Forms 1040NR or any returns for Schedule C. Questions about the assistance program can be referred to Perpetua Cranston on St. Croix at 773-1040, extension 4233, and to Clifford Charleswell on St. Thomas and St. John at 715-1040, extension 2271. Young mathletes from across St. Thomas solved a series of complex problems during the District Math Counts competition. The competition has several rounds in which students are challenged in various ways, including independently solving problems with and without calculators. District Mathematics Coordinator Avon Benjamin says this year's top winners spend across all the participating schools. This math house competition was really good. I, it was one of the better ones that I've, I've um, witnessed in the last few years that we've been a part of. It, the, the diversity of the students we were able to this year actually have our top 10 students uh, with each of the schools that participated had at least one person representing them. So we had students from Antilles, students from All Saints, Bertha Shelter and Lockhart K-8 school. So we had of our top 10 students, each school had at least one um, student representing them. We had a mix for the first time of lots of sixth graders. I'd say, we, I think we came up with close to 25% of the students were sixth graders. And as a matter of fact, our number one student is a sixth grader. I remember this composition is from grade six through eight. So to have this, so many sixth graders represent, that means that we could feel good that moving forward, that we probably should have stronger competitions in the, the subsequent years. Daniel Zhu of Antilles was the top scoring individual finisher, followed by Antilles student Sanjeev Bachan. The third place finisher was Evan Foy of Lockhart School, followed by fellow Lockhart student Albin Vasquez Mott. Finalists also included Joyce Monomain of Antilles, Luca Norris of Bertha C. Bichalte Middle School, Patricia Cannon of All Saints Cathedral School and Antilles students, Elise Acuna, Kai Santiago, and Raj Mirpuri.
We had Ivan Foy, who is a student at the Lockhart K-8 school, who won the spelling week last week and now is, is one of the top, as a he was a top five student, not even just top 10, he was in the top five in my course, which, which helps to dispel the myth that you're either going to be very good at ELA or in mathematics, that you could actually be a very well-rounded student, who, which is what he represents because he won in the spelling week and now he's still one of the top mathletes as well. The top 10 finishers will compete at the territorial finals against the top 10 students from the St. Croix district competition. It's always um, fascinating to see how eager the students are to do the mathematics. So it's a time test initially. So they have to wait before they're able to look at the problems. And as soon as you say, like, go, I mean, to see them turn those papers over so quickly to say, I'm ready to do some work. Is, is really a, a joy to see students who are really that much, you know, impre- involved in doing mathematics and want to actually, you know, pursue doing this type of work. Mr. Benjamin said the top four finishers in the territorial competition, which will be held on March 21st on St. Croix, will travel to compete against an estimated 200 other students in the national competition that will be held in Washington, D.C. The Virgin Islands Port Authority will temporarily relocate the passenger pickup location at the Cyril King Airport on St. Thomas. The passenger pickup location will temporarily be relocated to the front section sidewalk area of the new Parking and Transportation Center beginning next week on Tuesday, February 27th. A crosswalk and ADA accessible ramps will be available from the terminal to the pickup area to help pedestrians cross the road safely. Port Authority Police will also assist with traffic controls and crossings during busy hours at the terminal. The median by the existing pickup area near the terminal baggage claim will be demolished to construct two lanes to exit the airport aimed at improving the flow of vehicular traffic. Parking alongside the terminal remains prohibited and public parking remains unavailable until further notice. Delivery truck drivers will be allowed to park alongside the terminal's brick wall near gate 11. Free public parking is available adjacent to the old Island Beachcomber Hotel near Limburg Bay Beach. The Port Authority has tentative plans to partially open the new parking and transportation center in April. In a feel-good story, local St. Croix barbershop Caribbean Cuts recently competed in Pennsylvania's biggest barber expo, where they took first place in the Battle of the Barbershop at the Berks County Barber Expo. Carlos Martinez, also known as Remy the Barber, one of the owners of Caribbean Cuts, says they not only took the top spot, but was recognized in several of the categories. We placed in three different categories. We do fast fade, we place there. We did um, freestyle, we place there. And then we place at the um, battles of the barbershops. That means they pick three barbers from every barbershop. And we compete against barbershop with three different haircuts. And the judge will choose which haircuts are the best. Remy says they competed against an estimated 1,800 people from across the country. And he says it was his second time competing in a barber competition, but his first time competing on the mainland. Prior to this event, that took place this week, St. Croix had a barber leg. Sometime last year, and we, are win, we win there too. But this is our first time in a competition away from St. Croix. 
He says the team was made up of his partner, Pacholo, and several other VI barbers that now reside stateside, like Carlito and Jody. Remy says competing exposes him to more outside of St. Croix and makes him love the craft of barbering even more. And that fuels his desire for more competitions. I've always tell everybody, barbering is the number one job around the world. The reason I said that is because I was having to cut. And, and Korean could go with a control, hurricane, with a control, all kind of things. People still need a haircut. Hovens could close down, Wapa could close down, everybody could close down. People still want a haircut, no matter what. You could try to go and fish, and they got no fish to me. But they can always have somebody that wants a haircut. Always. Returning now to our regional report. The government of Trinidad and Tobago announced that it's partnering with the U.S. and other international experts to remove the wreckage of a barge that capsized in nearby waters and caused a major oil spill. According to its Ministry of Energy, TNT Salvage, a Texas space company, and QT Environmental of Minnesota will work with local officials to help clean up the spill that's contaminated waters and beaches. The spill occurred nearly two weeks ago, prompting the government to declare a national emergency and forcing the closure of at least two schools. Divers are expected to find and plug leaks on the overturned barge, while crews deployed a underwater oil detection system. In addition, the government hired a remote-operated vehicle to help with ongoing work. Tobago House of Assembly Chief Secretary Farley Augustine says they are still unsure the exact type of product that has been leaked into the waters. The report um, suggests that the fuel-like substance that we are seeing um, is, is a diesel-like substance. It is heavy, um, so it is not uh, a very refined product. Um, and uh, notwithstanding that, they are coming back to do additional taps, right? Um, and that's why the ROV is working today. So we'll locate the best place to do the tap because even the last sample they received had some elements of seawater in it. Officials say it's still unclear if anyone was on the barge when it overturned. They are still searching for the tugboat and its owner. Trinidad and Tobago Coast Guard, with help from regional agencies and satellite images, determining the barge and tugboat were traveling from Panama to Guyana. We're turning now to our meteorologist for the territory's weather forecast. High pressure continues to build southeastward from the Bahamas, and it looks like quiet weather as we step into the weekend. We may start to see a few showers popping up tomorrow night into Sunday, with just a 30 to 40% chance of seeing that shower activity as a weak impulse moves in from the west and north. Temperatures will remain close to seasonable values as we head through the weekend. We'll enjoy a few scattered clouds, otherwise clear skies overnight tonight, low to mid-70s. East and northeast winds at 5 to 15 will diminish to 5 to 10 miles per hour after midnight. Sunshine, a mix of a few passing clouds during the day Saturday, highs 82 to 86. We may see a scattered shower or two Saturday night, temperatures in the middle 70s. It'll be partly sunny with a few spotty showers on Sunday, temperatures 82 to 86 degrees. Rip current risk will be low to moderate at area beaches during the day Saturday. For WTJX, I'm Precision Weather Meteorologist Russ Murley. 
We are at the end of today's WTJX newsfeed. I'm Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Join me every weekday at 5 p.m. And if you haven't already, be sure to download the WTJX app. If you missed a part of our news, you can listen to it on demand wherever you get your podcasts. 